and we are back episode 57 of journey to a million and right off the bat you might be wondering who is below zach and uh, myself drew skyberg here i'll tell you who it is it is the one the only fantasy football championship qualifying bernie vanden Heuvel. bernie welcome to the show here we've had you on before you actually are known here on this podcast for um Maybe maybe not a great thing. Uh, you're known here as the guy who said Sammy Watkins is top 25 in 2022. So, you know, you know that's how was, you're known. Uh, it was a cold, it's a cold take now. Um, but uh, looking at, back at it, you know, at the time, I thought it was a good idea. But it's <laughs> aged poorly. The, if you take the 25 and multiply it by like six, I think you got him. Well, um, we should say, yeah, injuries. Baltimore Raven. He didn't make it a year, Birdie, but okay. Anyways, <laughs> Zach's here also. Um, and Zach, how's it going for you? Splendid. Splendid back. You know, new background, I want to add. What was the color yeah, last week? Color. Last week was baby blue. This week I got a nice yeah. green. So. You got green for the green and Upgrade. gold. Right. Upgrade. But um, honestly, uh, we're here to talk some football. It's an exciting week for football, you know, not just because week 17's here. But right, fantasy football championships around. I mentioned Bernie Vanden Heuvel qualifying for one. I'm in one in actually Zach's dynasty league, and we won't mention how many Zach is in because um, let's just say uh, it's one less than one. one. It's one one less than one. (laughs) Zach was actually the guy in a lot of my leagues, though. In his defense, that was you know he was the guy who had all the injuries, and when I say all the injuries, he had all the. You know, he had the big name ones for the running backs, especially, right? Brees Hall was one, I believe, for you. Trey Lance, right? Javante Williams. Yeah, the podcast league, I had uh, Kyler Murray and Cooper Cup. So, yeah, that was a tough end of the season there. But Bernie, how did you get you to the championship of the $5? Oh, sorry. Well, I, I was just saying that Zach drafted just like my basketball and baseball teams <laughs> where you draft all the crippled players. But- well, I don't know if, if we've ever talked about it here on the show, but Birdie's baseball team, uh, half or oh, it was remarkable. So there's like uh, ten pitcher slots, maybe nine, um, some mix like that. He had four pitchers. He picked four pitchers who had Tommy John. He drafted. I mean, it was, it was actually remarkable. I mean, um, he ended up drafting. Uh, he had Bryce Harper too. So I was I was counting all the players who had, who actually went through or who had torn UCLs. He had like five players who had torn UCLs. On his team. I mean, it's, you know, tragic, of course, you know, Tommy John being like a year, 12 to 14 month recovery. And of course, we're rooting for all those guys, but Bernie just kind of, it was just a tough, you know, tough draft for him. And um, yeah, and basketball's not looking any better, but uh, talking the number one seed. Yeah. 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 For now, I, I do think your team's going to lose some steam, though, with those injuries. But um talking bernie your five dollar team though like you know was it was it the waiver wire or what what made it you know what got you there that's a great question i think the bigger question is how did my dad become the number one seed with his team oh your your dad and you know we we talked about big birdie being able to evaluate talent but zach i should have showed you his team he came out of the draft with three running backs and two of them were commanders he had brian robinson and antonio gibson I think and he made the championship. That. Yeah, yeah I think made he this. sent me like some of the teams after the draft, like just concluded. But he, he Justin Fields and Kyler Murray 
which he ended up he ended up getting fields right. He had a slam dunk with Watson. I mean, he had he got had Watson the weeks he needed to win, basically. So that was a big one. And he also just had well, some other Dave Tyreek. He had Tyreek, T. Higgins, Christian McCaffrey. He had uh, um, Commanders running backs, Justin Fields, George Kittle, Juju, and then he had uh, the Bills defense and uh, Evan McPherson and a couple other or Will Lutz. It was, it was a solid. He team also had Traylon Burks and Christian Watson. Yeah, he knows. I I said you know he knows his rookie talent. He knows his got some good ones there. My. My five dollar one was, you know, DJ Moore, Brandon Cooks, Michael Pittman. It was um, the receivers were. Uh, what what, what lost me that week? Seems to be a similar theme with a lot of your teams. Very bad receivers. Well, I was, I was like six and seven, seven and seven. What about uh, the the league? That also the seems to be a theme. Six the and seven, seven and six seems to be a theme oh, as well. The championship is, you know, seven and seven regular season um, upset. Have two upsets in the playoffs in the championship now against uh Peyton's squad, which um you know a lot of lot of star he's definitely all in, is what I'd say. So um it's gonna be a tough week. I was rooting for Jared to win, but Jared's team sold. And also, you know, Jared made some questionable starts and sits. Jared's starting Donovan Peoples Jones in a borderline, you know, whatever it was in Cleveland. What, what was that? Like 15, 20 mile per hour winds, rain, freezing rain, whatever it was. Uh, Jared starts Peoples Jones, and you know, kind of was a tough one that costed him that championship appearance. But I don't know if you've talked to Jared Bernie, you would have heard he was a winner in one of his non PPR leagues. So, is that um, so? oh yeah, yeah, um, Zach, I'm pretty sure you've heard about it a couple times already. Call him a champion. Jared did mention you can call him whatever, but you need to call him a champion. That is for sure. Congratulations to Jared on winning that league. None of us are in that league, but um, yeah. Otherwise, Fantasia for me was tough. Lost this week. I so I'm the one seed. I have Justin Fields. I have right. It's not PPR. I have Mixon. Um, who else do I have? Like uh, Hopkins and Jefferson. Yeah, I have Mark Andrews. So I have like a really good team. I finished 12 and three overall in the regular season. Matchup this week play it, lose it by like 20. So I lose out in the championship, even though being the number one, most points scored, it was tough losing my first playoff game there. But then um, Elise ends up winning that, winning her semifinals. She's in the championship game in that league. She beats Jared in that one. And she's going to go for the championship in Fantasia sports on that, on that. So I was like, I lost, but you know, hopefully she can bring the crown home in year one for her playing fantasy football. But I don't know. Zach didn't make the playoffs in that league. So tough, yeah. I'd tough year for you. Up for a solid like eight weeks of that season. So yeah. we'll get Bernie in that one. It's a non PPR league and it's, you know, it's something. Any a kicker went in the fourth I, round I, last year. At least took a kicker in the fourth round, I think. In my opinion, I think we should bring back the PPRR league. Um, no, I think it was a no. classic, it was really fun. So um, rushing the, I think, yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's point per rushing plus receiving or something, whatever, whatever it is. It's PPR, um, but you also get a point per each rushing attempt. Yeah, so that's why it's point per reception plus rushing. When, when yeah. we say rushing, that's why the PPRR is what you'll hear and rushing attempt. So what happens is um, in that league, and the, it's not even a name, 
for what Birdie created. It's just it's what he whatever he did. I don't know why. It's just it's an insane format because we we don't we can't figure out the kickers. It is a kicker premium league on top of <laughs> the point per rushing, um, point per rushing plus reception the PPRR. So it's uh, kickers are I believe a kicker went one one. It was Harrison Butker, right? Um, I think one week I think Harrison Butker. Or it was like the Titans kicker had like 150 points because I try to set it up where like if you miss a field goal of like 10 yards, it's minus 10 points. Miss one of 20 yards, it's minus 20 in the opposite. So if you make one of 10, it's 10 points. 50 yard field goal is 50 points. He ended up kicking the ball like seven times and missing like two 40 yarders, but making like a 50 and a 30. So he got like 160 points that week. So kind of won on that league. That league was insane. What else? What about defensive bonuses? I think it was like if there's a, a one point safety, it was like a thousand points. Uh, interceptions, like three points. Um, I think it wasn't crazy for the defense. I think it was mainly the offense stuff that was oh, yeah. jacked up beyond belief. That league was. It was a classic. Did you say, Zach? I didn't say anything. Were you in that league? Sorry, that was my other question. I, I don't. Yeah, I think so. I think that was one of the leagues where I just, after like two or three weeks, I realized what the scoring was and then just quit checking my team. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bernie, you know, if you want to bring that back, you know, the Jordy Demillion um, league hosted by Bernie Van and Hoovel, you know, for some crazy, you know, like the crazy scoring. If you're up for the challenge, I mean, I am considering what I want to do next year. I want to bring a touchdown only league, like a 10 team touchdown only, you know, keep it, keep it with guests and what, and whatnot. And we keep it close and we see, you know, how that goes. Cause I feel like a touchdown only league might be some fun. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, I like for me, I think, uh, I just think seeing the crazy high scores are kind of funny because <laughs> I mean, if you have a PPRR league, someone like Christian McCaffrey or someone who gets like a running back that gets a ton of carries and receptions, like Austin Eckler would be scoring like a hundred points a game. But I think it'd be kind of cool. And make you have to draft more strategically and not just draft the best receiver right away. You know, IDP is like the other one too. It's like, you know, if you want to add IDP in that, where you have like an individual defensive, you know, player in that, imagine that you could do some scoring. If you get an interception, five hundred points, sack, two fifty, force fumble, five hundred two. I'd be up for it. <laughs> yeah, but we'll just make it the hardest possible thing to track, so you never know what's going to happen. It's just a a toss up. Maybe, yep, maybe. Do you guys want to? Move over to some some stuff we just saw this past week, or you know, yeah. um, I mentioned with the cha- like with the semis being this past week for most leagues, some championships, but most championships are this week, week seventeen championship week. But you know, I actually just talking week sixteen in a whole. I really like this. Might have been my favorite week of football, honestly. I really, you know, that Jaguars Jets game. I know we were looking forward to it, or at least um, it can exactly. It did, you know, if you were rooting for the Jets. If you're rooting for the Jags, you know, Trevor I mean, Lawrence. If you're rooting for a good game, it disappointed. 
Zach Wilson, disappointed. Yeah. The Jets fans were loud. Those cheers we heard. The boos. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The boo birds came out early. I mean, they were out in the. They went out at the end of the first. I think they came yeah. out pretty quick. Yeah. Do fast. you think that Zach Wilson is now a bust? Yeah. Oh, I, I thought. Mean... I can't say last year, but like at the end of last or like near the end of last year, honestly, like some of some of his games, like he had, did he had that good stretch. I mean, that Zach, you recall. I mean, that you've talked about before with what well, well, was with Elijah Moore, right? It was with those. Yeah, yeah good... after he returned from injury, he looked like he could have maybe something. Maybe, it didn't look like he was going to live up to his number two overall like draft draft status, but, I mean, it looked like he could be a, a solid starting quarterback. And looking back at this year, I think, uh, I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to work out. Where do you think he went wrong? I mean, I, I think the tape, once once you watch some of the tape, I think that's where teams started to figure him out. I honestly, I think it's inconsistency, you know, but it's hard to pinpoint, you know, what causes the inconsistency. Um, I just think some of the reads he makes too, honestly. Um, and it's like, it's some, for me, it's like Mac Jones. What? Yeah, a lot of stuff I've seen has been, um, he's had issues with footwork. I guess I haven't really like dove deep into this tape or whatever to – trying to figure out what like what his issue is but a lot of stuff i've seen is kind of his footwork is inconsistent or like sometimes he'll kind of like focus on his footwork make sure it's right and then other times he just kind of forgets about it and that's when you see the the picks or the errant throws for me from what i've seen from him it's i think it's a mental problem because he has a lot of physical gifts that will allow him to be successful in the NFL. Like he has a strong arm. He, it, he's not slow. He can move out of the pocket if he has to. But you need to be a smart quarterback in order to be a passing quarterback and therefore a successful quarterback in the league. Like um, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Mahomes, they're very, very smart with reading a defense, knowing what is going to get tossed at them before the play even starts. Um. I don't think Zach Wilson really has that in his repertoire, in his bag, if you will, because it's like he gets the play call and he just is going to run that. And he kind of knows where he wants to throw it and he's going to throw it there, whether it's covered or not. And I think that's just kind of a problem because, I mean, he had the, the high standards coming into the league, you know, second overall pick or whatever. But that's just a lot of pressure to have. And, I mean, if you're not willing to study and change, and sometimes it is hard, like you can't always you know, know what's going to happen or be the first quarterback, but if you're the second overall pick, you're kind of expected to be able to do that. I honestly, too, I think, well, I think you hit it on the nose, too, with with it being more of a mental game, mental struggle for him, too, on top of that. But um, I really think timing's off, too. I think some of these throws, I mean, you've seen the BYT. By BYU highlights. Like, look, look at some of the throws he was making. Look at some of the plays he made. Right. I mean, I, I feel like, right, adjusting at NFL speed too, I think that causes some timing issues. That's where I think you see the interceptions coming. I don't think it's, you know, inability to throw the football accurately. I think, which you could say it's a part of it. And Zach mentioned footwork too. That's that plays in a part too. But honestly, I think it comes out of timing because just, just look at like what Bernie mentioned, what some of the great ones do. Right. But like, I just think of that Aaron Rodgers throw Mercedes Lewis last week. 
like, come on, you know, like talk about timing, talk about accuracy. Like that throw had it all. He was off balance a little too, you know. That was just that. Just think about that throw to some of the throws you know Wilson makes. Obviously, Wilson's not there, and um, it's hard and it's unfair to compare it to Rodgers too, right? But Wilson, it's gonna be interesting what happens in the offseason. I know Zach already penciled in Jimmy G to the Jets. He's already working on a contract template, which you'll see in the offseason, but he's already got Jimmy G on the Jets. So I was looking just, at uh, at the spot track stuff for Jimmy G, and they says market value is like $35 million a year. Yep. No, you're, you're. Um, Bernie, does that, does that number shock you? So I just tell you your face. How much was it again? 30, or $35 million a year. It's like a four year, 35 think- per year. It was like the market value. In my opinion, I think it, it can make sense if a team like needs him. But realistically, I don't know if the Jets would do that trade if you have a chance. Well, he's a free agent. At getting, free agent. Right, like if yeah. – or get, get him signed or whatever. I don't know if they would do that because – or where do you think they're going to land in the draft this year? Do you think they have a chance of getting like one of the top three quarterbacks? No. Right now? Uh, and they wouldn't trade up, I don't think, either. They're picking they want an experienced vet. Because if you sign Jimmy G, I think that it could be good, if nothing else, to like develop a quarterback, maybe the draft in a later round or something. Um, I think you can't really go wrong with it if you get him like the right price because, I mean, look at the team around him. I mean, they have some really, really, really talented players. And I think that's the one position they're kind of missing is just like a leader. So even if it's like a mediocre quarterback for him, um, as long as you can not have the you know, franchise hate you and maybe not throw an interception every game, I think he'd be fine. But I think – I don't know how long they would sign him for a contract if he went there. I mean, he's – I think he's doing what, like 31, 30, something like that. So, I mean, he – he still has probably at least like seven, eight years of where he can be productive. And he's, he's really familiar with the, the scheme already. Um, obviously a lot of the, the jets coaches came over from San Francisco. So I think that's another thing that really helps him uh, kind of get that foot in the door in uh, New York. He turned 31 November 2nd in case there you go to fill that in for Zach. But honestly, yeah, I mean that's that's the location to be. I hope the Jets don't make this mistake. But do you guys see there's a chance, right? Um, Zach and I are talking Mike White being an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Is there a chance they think like they think White could keep this streak going? I mean, White's been a he did a solid job, right? But I I hope they don't see this small sample size from White as a potential long term, you know, replacement because I don't think that's the case. I think he's going to be a solid backup wherever he goes, but I don't think, I don't think he's the starting quarterback of the future for the Jets. I think White's getting nothing- overhyped. I agree. White's getting overhyped yeah. just because uh, how bad Zach Wilson's been. Ever kind of views him as like the savior that's coming in, saving the Jets, and kind of making them exciting and. They're using that to say Mike White's a lot better than he is, in my opinion. I think if nothing else, he's shown potential, you know, flashes of potential, flashes of something. But I would sign him because I don't. I, he's not going to get a starting job anywhere else, like unless someone pays him a lot more money, whatever he'll leave. But 
if you can sign as a backup role, sign Jimmy G. How many seasons has Jimmy G played like a full season without getting hurt? Like four, maybe, right? Somewhere around there. Um, he's hurt this year right now. So if, if he gets hurt again, whatever gets tweaked, toss him in there. If nothing else, let him develop under Jimmy G. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You can draft a quarterback later, but if you can't draft one of the top three ones here, you might as well keep something. Keep Joe Flacco around too, right? I mean, that's going to be the other option as a potential backup next year to whoever, right? I think they let White walk because I think White's going to get overhyped, as Zach just mentioned, and is going to go make some really good backup money. I think that's going to be what we're going to see. I don't know how much, but I wonder what the market value is for him right now. He's the new Matt Flynn. <laughs> yeah. That, that's good wait, Zach, did you make that comparison? I did not know. No, I was just. Oh, we were talking Matt Flynn today. Yeah, too. We, we talked to Matt Flynn, but I wasn't comparing <laughs> them, but that's a really good comparison. I'm all for it. Um, I don't know. I The Jets, I feel like we talked about them every week. Maybe it's because Zach said they were going to go nine and eight, but. Otherwise, it could be just because I think they might be, they they could be the most intriguing team in this offseason. You know, and there's there's some other ones like the Bears are going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, Chargers, obviously, what happens with the coaching situation? Colts on top of it. Um, a lot a lot of good teams to talk about in the offseason. When being at week seventeen already, there's we've seen some moves already happen with that. I think Nathaniel Hackett getting fired yesterday was kind of the, the start of, you know, we're going to see some of these coaches who've been on the hot seat, you know, go. We saw Rule early in the year. We saw, of course, Reich earlier in the year. But now we see Hackett go in his first season. So so how do you guys feel, speaking of, like, the Broncos, how do you feel about all the quarterback situations in the league this year, from, like, the Broncos to the Panthers to the Rams, um, the Colts, especially, like, the Jets are having problems this year? It seems like on almost every single division, there's at least like one team that just can't figure it out. And that's kind of why they're suffering for it because everyone thought the Broncos were going to be just stellar fighting for like the number one uh, spot in their division. And now they're eliminated. So how do you feel about that this year? I, I feel, you know, that's why Jimmy G is going to get 35 million a year. I feel like, Supply is low, demand is high, and unless you know we need these quarterback draft prospects like Levis, Stroud, and Young, you know those top three and others to pan out. Otherwise, this this is going to continue as a problem. Not even to mention the Texans on top of it, right? They've Davis Mills does not look like the future there. You know, as people once thought, um, there, there's going to be some turnover. I think in a lot of quarterback quarterback situations, and right, I mean, there's probably like seven eight guys who, uh, even if you look next year, who might not be starting for their team or might be, you know, there might, there's going to be a lot of move around. I feel at that position. Even Kyler Murray was kind of on the hot seat a little bit this year with his performances. Well, I um, think it was more Kingsbury on the hot seat, but I, I think and now Murray is going to be out for another year. So um, I, I think we talked last week on Kingsbury too, or in, in about that. I think you mentioned Zach, right. With Murray hoping he, he gets back in that timetable that they have mentioned, but um, you know, with the, they might be waiting until next year to fire Kingsbury. If that happens, it's, I think it's got to happen. If Kyler Murray doesn't come back for next year, 
do you think you can see the 49ers dishing Brock Purdy anywhere with how he's performing? If nothing else, like for kind of like a last ditch effort for a team to find a young quarterback? I think uh, 49ers quarterback situation next year is uh, Trey Lance and Brock Purdy. Yes, that's how it needs to be. Trey Lance season. Um, I, I have him in a dynasty league. Wait, Zach, who has him in your dynasty league? Because I know you have him in mine. Trey Lance? Yeah. Um, Alex, I think. Alex, okay, yeah. yeah. So Trey Lance is, you know, I he's the guy. Because, again, when you spend that much draft capital, you're going to let him have a full season at least. Well, it's not like that. He just he hasn't had any opportunity. No, he's, played he's had like, two weeks. What, maybe two games worth of plays at. Oh, like, he had two games last year, and he had two games this yeah. year, so four games. No, yeah, but I mean, well, he no, got hurt early in the week too, so yeah, it's. I'm really rooting for him. I want Trey Lance to be, be that guy, and I would. I wonder what that means for. You know, that, that offense in a hole, too, because, like, with George Kittle, we've mentioned, I feel like I've mentioned this a lot, right? Kittle's numbers with um, with Trey Lance have not been great, you know, in those four games. Again, four games. I think Brandon Ayuk's been the biggest beneficiary of Trey Lance, from what I recall. But Ayuk's been good all year this year, though. Yeah, oh, I mean, I, Ayuk's been good with anyone, right? But I yeah. think Lance, I think, I think Lance elevates his game, is all, I think. With his capabilities, I think right now the beneficiaries of Purdy is really the run game, right? CMC, you know, Kittle's had some big ones still with with Purdy, but I don't know. I that's that's an interesting situation. And Zach, uh, power rankings come out tomorrow, but little spoiler here, Bernie. I'll, I'll give you it here. Um, 49ers ranked number four, which I, I like. Really? Yeah, that's where they they were last week too. I think. Yeah, they move. The top, uh, I think, seven didn't change at all from last week. Uh, and I know, like, Philly lost uh, Dallas, but it was a really close game. Obviously, Jalen Hurts out. So I didn't feel inclined to uh, kind of switch up the order with any of those either. So, Do you think that when Trey Lance comes back, they're going to try and change their offense to accommodate for the fact now that they have a decent running back game? Because – you don't really want to have a running quarterback dive up the middle every single play. You'd rather have a quarterback who can scramble for yards because in colleges, that's whatever. You can have that as your offense. But everyone's bigger, everyone's stronger in the NFL, and that's just going to – like if you call a quarterback dive every 10 plays, you're bound to get hurt. You're not a running back. So do you think they'll try and change up to more like a, a passing offense? Like that's how you're going to get your rushing yards if you're Trey Lance? I think it would be like a uh, – trying to think of a good comparison. Maybe like a Josh Allen. I mean, Josh Allen doesn't run, I guess, up the middle a lot. He kind of does some design quarterback, like sweeps to the outside and kind of stuff like that. I think that's what we're going to see a lot of. Like, and, I, I and think options, right? Like an option or even RPO-based, I think, more. I don't think like fields because fields – there's a lot more design, like specifically fields as running plays or even – Fields, it seems like his he's scramble first, pass second when he's when he's even like when he has to remotely go a little bit out of the pocket. I don't think we're gonna see yeah, it from Lance. I think Lance is gonna be a guy who's gonna throw first and then scramble, like like Zach mentioned, Josh Allen. Um, even you know Mahomes has been not a run, not as much of a runner, but we'll see him run more than Mahomes, maybe around Josh Allen. And Josh Allen, I think the last 
has Josh Allen ran as much as he had his like rookie year, even his second year? Because I feel like Allen's also with um, signing for you know some big money means not um, running as much. Yeah, I think he's running less and just he's getting the the valuable rushing attempts like in the red zone. We still see him run quite a bit, or like when they play the Chiefs or when they play probably this week, we'll see him run quite a bit because it's a big game. Um, I think that's something watching some Bills games, you kind of realize that in uh, the more important the situation is, the more willing Josh Allen is to run and the more willing uh, like Sean McDermott and the Bills coaching staff is to kind of put Josh Allen out there and using his legs. Trying to find his rushing right now. Um, well, right now he has. Okay, it's showing me past his stats. Okay, cool. So I can't really All get right. oh, Russian stuff. You got it. Nice. Yeah. So his rookie year. Um. Yeah. So he was. Well, yeah, like four, eight, ten. He had a lot of games where it was either nine. Um, kind of like that nine to ten range is where he was pretty much averaging. And then this year he's. Thanks. I guess, yeah, he's around the same. Um, oh, yeah, he is. Wow. He's running a lot more than I thought he was. He's uh, yeah. He right now is on pace to have the most rushing yards in a season for his career. He's 17 away. So, yeah. attempts-wise, he's at the second most in his career as well. Okay. But honestly, and as Zach mentioned, more red zone opportunities, which has been true. He's ran a lot. But his interceptions, if you look at it, he's at 13. His career high is 15 at a year, which he still played great. But we mentioned the elbow concerns. Uh, there's been there's been some injury concerns with him. That's um, and also like a little slump midseason. That's kind of you know had him out of the MVP race. Now it looks like Mahomes being the front runner on that one. And then I've also Mahomes seen there's been this late. Runner. Should it still be Jalen Hurts or should it be Mahomes? It's Mahomes for me. I still got Jalen Hurts. What about with um, the big one for me is, you know, there's been a lot of push for Joe Burrow right now, too. No. Uh, too late. Too little, too late, I think. What did he, he threw about three picks against. He just threw, like, multiple picks. Yeah, that's that, too. But I think the other guys have played, have been a key part, too. But, I mean, Burrow certainly last five, six weeks has turned it, turned it up a notch. I mean, last four weeks he has, or last three weeks he has four, four picks. I mean, if you're gonna, that's the big knock on uh, Josh Allen is how many interceptions he has. Where if you look at uh, Burrow, he has twelve. So he's one away from Josh Allen. So if you're gonna, I think Mahomes has eleven too. That's one of the things that when people talk about Josh Allen and they kind of use that as like a, oh, he's throwing a lot of picks this year. I mean, it's all the good quarterbacks have thrown a lot of picks this year. Aaron Rodgers at eleven, Mahomes at eleven, Burrow at twelve. Like, it's just that's the one argument that bothers me. Well, you just can't look. It's not an interception award. I, I get that, but um, on top of it, like the productivity, you know, the the output. I think with it, and, and look at what Mahomes has done. I think with the weapons he has, you know. Um, not probably the worst in his career in terms of weapons. Would it be fair to say that? I'm, I just think what Mahomes has done from a volume standpoint, 
And, you know, from a wreck of win loss standpoint, I, I know hurts what he has done, but hurts missing time too. You know, it's possibly only one week. I think if it's only one week, I think that's going to be something he's back next week, but if he misses, you know, this week as well, um, it's, it's, I hate to knock someone for not playing as many games, but you know, when, it, when it's neck and neck like this, yeah, I mean, we could also see uh, Jalen Hurts might be sitting week um, 18. Week 18, yep. Philly wins this week. Um, Which even I, if, I think that would be, for MVP consideration, that would be worst-case scenario for Hurts. Say he's not, like, 100% back this week, so they um, don't want to risk it. Obviously, playing New Orleans, so should be a, should be a win either way, I guess. Um, but if Austin Gardner Minshew goes in, they win this week, clinch number one seed. I won't see why Jalen Hurts will go back out there and play week 18. And I think that kind of ruined any chance that he does have. And yeah, I I've seen for like a long time. I I hope if he's healthy, you shouldn't sit your good players before like if, if you clinch like the number one seed, whatever, um, you shouldn't sit your players that last week. Because if you look at what Peyton Manning did all of his years like with the Colts and stuff, they'd be like, you know, top whatever, top dog. And they'd sit him like for the last week and then they'd get a bye week and come and they'd stink it up. Look at them to the Packers the last couple of years. They sit their players last week and they come in, they just lay a big goose they, egg. They would have starters play a half. I mean, our Packers last year, I, I want to point out like Rogers played a half, you know, Bakhtiar, I mean like or Bakhtiar is playing, but um, you know, like Adams played a half. My point being, you know, it's not the full game, but they're still in it. But I, I your point. Right. I think the line game um, last year, we were all at that game. I think you could kind of tell that even though the starters were out there playing, it was kind of they obviously like they know they clinched the one seed. They know the game doesn't really mean much, so they might not be as focused or whatever. But well, we could tell, yeah. Yeah, I mean that Deguara screenplay. Come on, doesn't get any better than that. Like that, that, was, that was exciting. Down the left side, Deguara with a sixty-yard tight end screen or whatever it was. That was. Yeah. Uh, speaking of awards, if Justin Jefferson breaks the single-season receiving record, do you think that there's any competition for offensive player of the year with him? Maybe Eckler. Maybe no. I think it's just him. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be. It's got to be Jefferson. I think he, even if he doesn't, if he comes up, yeah, it's he's going to be close right to play, right? Like, I mean, we Cup got it last year, so sometimes it. I and I know maybe it's just like recency bias, but um, I I do feel the receiver. If a receiver and running back have both decent year like or both have fantastic stellar years sometimes i feel it just goes to the receiver or the winning team on top of that i don't know i, I feel like receiver sometimes gets the nod over the running back maybe well, that's it's kind of how the it's with how the nfl is shifting it's more of a pass happy offense so receivers quarterbacks they get more like recognition in the media and then obviously that true that affects the the voters decisions but austin eckler though i mean <laughs> What was it was like the last non-quarterback to win MVP. It was Adrian Peterson, right? And that was yeah. back in like 2012. So yeah. that means like for the last 10 years, a quarterback has won the MVP like every single year. Oh, it's now a quarterback award. I, I don't see in the near future um, a, a, a non-quarterback winning that award. 
I know there's actually, I've heard some push for Jefferson winning the MVP. It's not happening. It's just not. This is a quarterback award now, and I think that's there to stay. If uh, if anyone besides a quarterback is going to win MVP, it's going to be a running back, and they'd have to get, if it's like a Derrick Henry that gets 2,000 rushing yards and like 20 rushing touchdowns, something crazy like that, or like a, it's got to be historic. See if he has like a 1,200, 1,200 yard. It would have uh, to be like Luke Dean Tomlinson when he broke like the single season touchdown record. Yeah, you need 20 plus touchdowns. Like you that's need... a bare minimum. And We're looking video game it. numbers. We're looking, you know, it's got to be something that's like historic, like, and not even, not even this Jefferson single season receiving. Like that's not historic enough. Is how crazy it needs to be. Well, you, you, need a, you need multiple quarterbacks also to kind of split the award. That's one reason where Adrian Peterson yeah, you ended need, up getting the MVPs because there's um, like two, three quarterbacks, whatever it was that year, that they kind of split the quarterback award. So the guys that were willing to vote for the non-quarterback had enough votes to. Yeah, get and it. the one thing I—it's like a a pitcher winning Cy Young and MVP in the same year, like that, like Kershaw in 2014, like is the last time that happened, and. I think it's like, yeah, it's the last time that's happened. But my point being, like, is that gonna, that, that might be something that's gone too. It just, you know, MVP has shifted. You know, of course, we see like Shohei Otani like doing both, but like, I don't think that's something. Like, I just think, um, with, with both games, you know, t- tied into football here with how both have like shifted into just a different kind of game, you know, I think that's gonna reflect some of the awards and kind of the recipients on that note. And that's part. So Who's the defensive player of the year? In mm, Bernie. Let's hear it. Is it Parsons? Is it Bosa? I, I think it's Bosa. I think it's Nick Bosa. I, like for me, I have heard like bare minimum talk about defensive player of the year simply because of like how much time has been happening on the offensive side of the ball, I think. I think it's either between probably Parsons or Bosa. Um, I have to look at some of their stats again, but um, I think it's got. I mean, it's, it's Bosa. I, I feel it, like it is. It, yeah. Um, it's also with the sacks, isn't he? At is he at like fourteen and a half? Who Bosa? Seventeen oh, yeah. and a half. Oh, okay. Seventeen. Persons at thirteen. Oh, maybe oh, I was. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, it's. Well, I I also think with that award too. You know, I don't know when the voters vote. Like, it's always in baseball they vote with a month. Like, like the voting's weird. I mean, like, voting always happens week before the playoffs, like in that week between. Oh, good, good. That's how it should be. Somebody's baseball, they give some leeway and they let them vote early, and it just causes a lot of things that shouldn't happen. But, um, with yeah, with that, it should be Nick Bosa, and um, you know, the best player on one of the on the best defense. You know, that's pretty pretty easy for me. If we want to keep going down the awards, you know, we, which uh, we've we've done some things with like Diaz in in the NFL. Um, he has a Instagram page. We've done some collabs with there on at True Sports Crew. But I think for Coach of the Year, I think your answer is your answer Nathaniel Sirianni, Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> I, yeah, I think it's got to be Sirianni. I want a Brian Dable, but uh, we we saw. The coach of the years that we that people wanted have kind of fallen off. And they it's not that they've fallen off, it's just their teams haven't played um as great as they did in the first half, is all. So 
Sirianni. I think I think we're all in agreement. I've been on that Sirianni one. all year, so you you have. I I I should we should add that Zach has. There was there was a Mike McDaniel push earlier in the year too, but that's not there. I, they've lost I, what four straight or something. I do think a dark horse is Doug Peterson. I think that's the challenger that not a lot of people are talking about for Sirianni. But the, the, I think the Jaguars have to win the division too. If they win out, end up nine and eight. I think there's a possibility. There's maybe a, there's a really good case. I had Mike like I had Mike Vrabel midway through the year. Not a lot of people thought he was going to win last year. No, yeah. no, not this year, not this year. Oh. Um, last year I did. I thought you were saying I, this I had. Year. I had Vrabel. No, no, I had Dable, which you you saw. Like last year, it panned out for me when I had my my choice, and I stood firm. This year, not so much, Giselle. But Bernie, is there any other head coaches that you're looking at that stand out? I just think that the award's kind of goofy because, yeah, you can coach really, really well, but you still need good players to be a good coach. Um, like you're not gonna have like someone like Andy Reid go to the um, like let's say like the Texans and just make them like insane because you still need good players to execute your game plan. Um, I like Andy Reid just because he did lose a lot of weapons this year. He still has good players, but when you take away a lot of your receiving weapons for your best quarterback in the league, it makes it tougher. But I think it's all you never know what's going to be like. I mean, I probably agree with you guys for the most part, but it's I, uh, I just I don't see Andy Reid winning it because he has Mahomes. No. Kind of like he won't win it, the no. last few years is he's. Yeah, Ben uh Packers have been great, thirteen and three, thirteen four, whatever. But it's always been like, Oh, he has Aaron Rodgers, he should be doing good, right? I mean you say Andy Reid has Mahomes, he should be doing good. But Bernie, what do you think of uh like last week Jared was saying that uh uh Jeff Saturday and Cliff Kingsbury um aren't terrible coaches or like shouldn't be fired? Like we shouldn't be saying that they're bad coaches. I uh, that's well. They're not. Well, said he's not even a coach. He's like an analyst. So I mean, it's he's not a high a school job. coach. I, I guess that Bernie comes for is something. talking to the right crowd. Thank you, Bernie Van Hoovel, because really, I mean, we were talking to Jared, and the fact being is, you know, Jeff Saturday's not even calling plays. You know, and it was like, you know, how can you make an argument for this guy um, as a coach? Right? I mean, I, I know not every coach calls plays, so it's unfair to me just point out Saturday, right? You know, Lovey Smith's not calling plays, right? I mean, some of these defensive guys, Todd Bowles isn't, is he? I don't think he is. Um, my, my point being, though, is that really Tom Brady's calling plays with Tampa. But honestly, you know, it's it's unfair to point just every finger at Jeff Saturday. But I think there needs to be more blame on Jeff Saturday than, than some people um, – are putting on him and, you know, Jared being one of them who is saying, you know, what is, what is he supposed to do? Right. I mean, I think, I think he's supposed to have better clock management. We saw Hackett have to hire a time management, you know, strategy advisor, whatever, whatever role it was called. And now that guy is the head coach right now, the interim head coach for Denver. I just think, you know, I think time management, I think it's a crucial part that there's not really a staff for that, w- that we've seen coaches struggle in. And there's a lot more other, you know, factors that we can't even, you know, take them all in, but there's just a lot of things that make a great head coach. And I think the guys that Zach mentioned in Kingsbury and Saturday have, you know, maybe they, they haven't exceeded in those. We'll even look at um, like the Broncos. They, uh, who they signed this summer, 
from the Packers. He wasn't a head coach. He was like a Nathaniel Hackett coordinator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, he he had play calling experience, but when you put him in the yeah. front seat, did he have play calling experience? Does Man Lafleur call plays? He just oh, designed sure. the offense. No, you're you're you're, you're right, Zach. Um, but I, I'm sure Hackett has called plays though. If he's been an offensive coordinator, he's kind of the point. Yeah. But for me, I feel like like Kyle Shanahan. I mean, look at. There was a lot of dysfunction there with the quarterback situations this year with injuries and whatnot. Even Debo Samuel got hurt. Um, and they're still winning their division right now, like quite handily. So, I mean, I think that's impressive in itself, too, to be able to stay afloat with that those problems there. Um, so, I feel like he could be in right, too, but probably won't. So, just so we're in understanding, right, Bernie, you, you're in agreement with us that that's that some of these coaches whose teams have underperformed need to have more blame, right? Than some people generally think, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. like a coach isn't always to blame for the situation, but they're going to be the one who yep. gets the heat for it pretty much right away. So it's tough, but I mean, again, that's why it's a team sport. Everyone's a part of the team, the coaches, the players, everyone. So. Yeah. That accountability. Is huge, I think, and I I don't know. Um, we've talked a little bit about head coach search in the off season, but um, Zach and I do agree that Saturday is not coming back. Like no way for me, at least. Um, I, I do think you know this this off season is going to be wild. We're going to see. I think a lot of you know those offensive coordinators. We're going to see you know a lot of coordinators come in, and some other former head coaches for sure too. You know, the main one being uh, we, we've which we've talked about Sean Payton. You know, he's already assembling his coaching staff, which was made some news last week. Is there any other coaches you guys think in your mind who are going to get a job who haven't had a job this past few, these past few years? Is uh, D'Amico Ryan from San Francisco, their new defensive coordinator, is he going to get hired somewhere? He probably will be. I've heard stuff that says uh, Sean McVay might step away from coaching for a year. So I have heard that too. if he does do that, the Rams might be in need of a new coach as well. So Sean McVay, uh, <laughs> that's funny. They like trade away all their draft picks when the Super Bowl, which is great. Obviously, that's what you want to do when you trade away your draft picks. But uh, now he's just going to step away. Um, Sean Payton to the Chargers, that's already penciled in, right? I mean, it's... Chargers will play the Rams this week. I don't know who they play week 18, but um, if they can go like 11 and 6, they still have a shot at the 5 seed, right? Um, I think the Baltimore's there. They're already clinched. Yeah, they're in the playoffs, but I think like seeding wise. Oh, Baltimore? Yeah. What's Baltimore? Yeah, they've clen- they clinched the playoff spot. They're 10 and 5. They're 10 and 5? Yeah. Yeah, so what Chargers are one game behind them. So, I mean, Chargers could still catch Baltimore, get that five seed. And um, I guess how far do the Chargers have to make in the playoffs for uh, Brandon Staley to stay there? Championship game. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's got to be there. I think they got to win two playoff games. Yeah. Can you guys explain to me? Uh, Wait, what's the... Can you explain uh, exactly. Brandon Staley's? decisions uh last night i don't know if you guys were watching but i was he was um, kicking field goals i think it was at at the end of the first half maybe 
where they were in, they're like the 15 yard line. It was fourth and two, I think, or it might have been like the 20, 25, something like that. But they were like they're in field goal range. It was fourth and two. They went for it, got it, and then they're inside the 10 and fourth and one, and they kick a field goal. Time running out. I think they knew. I think what what they, um, no like they had plenty of well, time. Like it wasn't like a ten second left type thing. Well, what I think is with Staley and with what they saw in that game, they saw the the Colts weren't moving the ball. They just they saw you just needed points to win. Is what I think because that first half, Nick Foles, you know, it, and just, not his fault necessarily. It looked it looked rough. I don't. I, I think they knew. Why, like, uh, if you're gonna kick a field goal anyways, why not kick it the first time you get fourth down? I agree. I, I mean, I'm trying to make a case for yeah. something I don't know, Zach, but I do think, you know, um, I, it was evident in that game. You just needed points to win it. You just needed, like, any sort yeah. of points, and they got it. Um, I think that was kind of one I th- thought about. And just back to the coaches thing, we did forget about Dan Quinn. Like, Dan Quinn's going to find a job um, next year. So just want to point that one out. Um, but in- interesting coaching. Staley's got to win two games to make it to the champion or two games in order for him to keep his job. I think otherwise he's staying around. Did you guys see his stretches by any chance? Yeah. I've never seen a coach stretch like that, like that, you know, have that much of a advanced, you know, stretching routine before a game. I saw, I saw a meme. It was about like, uh, it was like Joe Staley doing that, doing the stretch that Brandon Staley or Brandon Staley doing What's the stretch. Up with that you? Was, that's post all over. And somebody said, it's like a, like a cat when they're about to puke. Like that's what the meme was. Oh, was it? Um. Oh, I I know which one. Yeah, he had. Yeah. You know, I, I I did not see if they interviewed him and asked him about that because I want to see what what his response was to those questions that were asked. Because honestly, you know, that was I, I've ne- I've just never seen that. I've never seen a coach you know, run up and down and you know he was doing the stretches. It was it was interesting, Bernie. Have you have you seen this stuff? Yeah, uh, do you want to demonstrate for us? Like, I, th- I think I need a recreation, you know. No, I'm kidding. No, I it can, can run the stairs. Bernie, you can demonstrate. All right, one second. Let me adjust my camera. No, no, no. But, <laughs> but um, back to awards. Who do you think is going to win the uh, a comeback player of the year award? CMC. Because, uh, I think CMC's in the argument. I think people were saying Geno Smith. Uh, Bernie wants Geno. Kind of fell off a little bit. I don't. Yeah. I don't think he deserves it anymore because he started off hot, but recently it's not as good. First half Gino. it was Geno. Yeah. Second, like the whole season, it's gonna be CMC. I think. Yeah. What, yeah. what other ones yeah. are we looking at? It's just kind of tough. Because who else is up for it? Like Derrick Henry, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, and of course, early in the year we had like Michael Thomas in the award. We had some other guys. Yeah. Um, now we're not going to see, you know, Thomas being out for the year with the injury. But yeah, honestly, it's it's kind of those two. And then I'm intrigued to see who finishes with uh, with votes also. But the rookie awards for me are like the other exciting ones that are left. You know, the the defensive one seems like it's got to be sauce. Like it's like yeah. Like, I think you got a pencil sauce in. It's a matter for offensive rookie. I don't think it'll be Hutchinson. No, nah. I think like Kayvon Thibodeau. I think is a guy who's made a really good case in the second half. 
of the year? I, I think it's got to be Sauce, though. Well, it's got to be Sauce, but yeah. it's a more maybe it's more of an argument who finishes number two. I do think Quay Walker will get some votes. You know, I know he's been well up and down, but um, I think he's had a strong finish here. That'll get him some votes on uh, on that award. But the offensive rookie of the year, I think, is the bigger question. Like first half, it seemed like it's got to be Olave. Then Wilson goes on a nice street, like a nice stretch. Um, there's uh, Burks had some good games, but he's hasn't you know it's hasn't been consistent enough. Kenneth Walker had some good games too, but he's Kenneth kinda... Walker, Damian Pierce now who's out for the year, yeah. and then had had some tough ones. Um, it's gonna probably go. You know, London's also right picked it up. Dotson's picked it up. Sorry, I had Drake London's not. Oh, it's not London. I'm I'm saying both all these guys that picked it up who are gonna probably get some yeah. votes. I th- I think it's got to be Garrett Wilson right now. I think he leads rookies in like yards. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he also has the you know he has the big games. He has the consist like Olave was Olave hasn't been as consistent as he was the first you know nine weeks. Now it's yeah. kind of been Second. Wilson. I mean, recency bias is also going to kind of help Garrett Wilson. Oh, that's going to help Wilson so much. Last week won't, though, which There's, is out of his control. Other. It's the same thing with uh, Christian Watson. With you said consistency. He had like a great oh, yeah. stretch. I know he like leads rookies and touchdowns or something, but he has done like nothing outside of those five, four or five weeks. So Packers offense has really turned around since Watson started playing good, though. Yeah, I just if Watson could stay healthy right now, it goes like this. We even forgot George Pickens. It goes Wilson, Olave, Pickens, London, Pierce, Watson. That's your top six in receiving yards. And Wilson and um, Olave, Wilson at 996, Olave at 940. Pickens is next in line at 700. So it's really one. It's like one A, one B, and then a little drop off. And it's kind of tough to kind of judge it too because I feel like the touchdowns for Watson are almost more valuable to his argument because they help the Packers still stay in this like um, uh, playoff situation right now. Because I mean, without his performances in those couple of games, they wouldn't be there. But again, is that enough to overvalue them? I don't think Watson. No. I think Watson, if Watson would have to have like back to back two hundred yard, three touchdown games or something like that to to get at. I don't really don't think he has a great chance. Well, he's but, only at four ninety six for receiving yards. Right. And plus yeah, I mean, he hasn't had names. Is there any wow. chance we see uh like a offensive lineman or something? No. no. Not to that point. Nope. Uh it's gonna be Wilson. I'm also looking at this. Uh, guess how many touchdowns Jahan Dotson has this year? Anyone want to throw a number at me? Six, or six. Seven. Seven. Jahan Dotson has. That's a that's a big number. Wait. He's had like one in like the last four games he's played since coming back. Or he's only he's played. he's played ten games and has seven touchdowns. I think that's an extremely underrated stat to look at. Um, also, yeah, Watts has nine nine combined touchdowns, seven receiving, two rushing. On top of that, um, you know, I, I those were numbers you maybe thought Drake London would have. You know, the big talk was him in the red zone in twenty twenty two to twenty twenty three. He's only got four. Wilson's got four, which is still you know 
a good amount, but Wilson's been so lethal in terms of, you know, that midfield and that big play. He's at 66.4 receiving yards a game, too. You know, he's been consistent, which is kind of what has been the is, point is we've been mentioning. thousand yards? He will. Yeah, he's 996, Zach. Oh. I so thought he was still he's like probably, hundreds, but No. Um, he has the most targets out of any rookie receivers at 119. Uh, then next close is Olave with 102. So he's gotten the, he has the the opportunity. He's got the volume with those stats I've mentioned, right? He has 71 receptions. That's the most by eight. And even the receiving yards, he's at, he's on top by 56. He's going to be a thousand yard rookie receiver. You know, Wilson, right? Wilson was the top wide receiver drafted. Wasn't he drafted ahead of a London no. by pick? Or London, was London was eight. Wilson was 10. What's okay. Olave at for receiving yards? It's almost a thousand now. It's in the nine hundreds. Is, is he in nine hundred? Or is he still yards? Let's see. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. So he has. Right, you're gonna pull it up. We did lose Drew. calculator. Oh, lost Drew. <laughs> um, do you want to pull up the calculator? I'll read you the numbers if you want to add them up. No, we're not adding them up. All right, well, I'll add them. Don't worry. Birdie, I'm so one twenty-one. Real quick, uh, Chris Olave. Uh, receiving yards. Well, that's not fun. Nine hundred and forty. You see how quick that was? Uh, I would have gotten there eventually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's got to be it, Wilson, though. It's hard to tell who's gonna be the offensive rookie. Who knows? It's got to be Wilson. I think. I would say I th- it could really depend. Go ahead. When was the last time that one team had both of the the rookie of the years? That's a great question. I, I don't even know. Probably never. Had a guess. I'm, I'm using... We're back. Oh, welcome back. I, sure yeah. Crashed. So I, I'm not sure. My internet was intact the whole time. I, I just went on my phone and it was all up. Um, it, it did say the recording was going on. So not sure what happened. Out. What happened? I don't know. Me and Bernie was still there after you left. Really, I, I I have no idea what happened, but um, yeah. So we were talking about rookie receivers. Is that where yeah. I cut off? Yeah, Bernie answered the the question we posed before we got kicked off. Was uh, 2017 with the Saints, Kamara and Lattimore. Oh, the rookie is that like? Yeah, we were talking about co-rookies, offensive and defensive. Yeah, same time from yeah. same team. Oh, yep, yep. Okay, that's where we were. Um, I have no idea what happened. That was that was insane. Sorry, I've never had this issue with Melon um, before. Maybe maybe the internet just caught up for a second, and one that's what happened. That's all it took. I mean, I guess that's the case. But yeah, this this overall, yeah. I think it's been an underrated offensive rookie class, though. You know, in terms of you know, I, I I'm I'm pleased. Maybe rookie class overall. I, I think it's I think last, like even Dynasty, for example. I think there was like people were like, oh, this this draft class. You know, not not the best, but I, I do think it's it's it outperformed a lot of those expectations. Yeah, and I think some people have had such like like good to really good seasons that it's kind of tough to tell. But I think it could depend on like the last two weeks of the season because who knows what's going to happen? Maybe people just go bananas and then it's going to jump into the lead. But um, I think it'd be pretty tough to pass Wilson. So we'll see. How many teams next year tank for uh, Caleb Williams? Uh, I mean, two. 
I don't know. I, I don't know how many quarterback situations will be filled, Zach. Maybe like at the the start of the year, probably there will be like two or three, and then it'll probably jump up to four or five. You know, when when teams realize. You know, it'd be interesting. It'll be really. It'd be interesting if uh, Houston drafts like Stroud or Young this year. They get a rookie quarterback, and then next year get the number one pick again. Just have a bidding warrant for that. Who trades up to the number one? Oh, that'd be awesome! How many first can we get? Can we get three? Can we get three? Can we get Easily. three in a second? Easily. That'd be it. that's that's gonna be fun. I, I, I'm. I just every time we talk about the rookies in the draft class, I just look forward to next year's draft class. I look forward to previewing that here on the podcast. We'll be going through it. We'll have guests on as we did last year, talking about what we think our mock drafts. Don't forget those. I think those are the big things you'll see. But again, is there anything else you guys want to talk about here today? Uh, just to comment on that thing about tanking for the quarterbacks, um, I think you'll have to f- take note of that after like free agency has happened in the off season and like once the season starts, because you never know who is going. To- Someone gets hurt for some reason in the off season or whatever. So happy decide to play or decides to retire. So um, I think it'll be kind of tough to tell until like the season starts, or like Drew said, until get a couple of weeks in, then teams are stinking it up, and then they're just going to keep tanking. Yeah, I agree. Anything else you got, Zach? No, I, I'm I'm good to wrap it up. It was a great episode. I thank you, Bernie Vanden Heuvel, for coming on today to discuss. Know all things football with us with the Journey Million crew, and we'll have Jared back here next week. But thank you again, Bernie, for that. Where can the people find you? Where can the people find me? Well, Concordia University, Wisconsin. I am oh, okay. just there all the time. <laughs> we don't need exact locations here. Uh... At Bernie VDH well, on I... the socials, go check him out. All right, there's the, there's the plug. I'm just gonna say hi in person. Okay, you just go visit him. He's a, he's an athlete there. He's on the Drews College Athlete Spotlight. You know, check that episode out. But anyways, that's where you'll find Bernie. Again, you know where to find Zach and I at Drew Sports Crew. There is where you'll find the podcast though, and there we'll be having um. I mean, we've had the posts. You'll see power rankings come out tomorrow. Basketball power rankings came out today. And again, we're going to try again for next Tuesday for Journey to Million with Jared on that. This weekend, you'll hear Drew's basketball crew for the New Year's Eve or New Year's Day slate. And then I'll have Drew's, Drew's sports crew in episode 95. That'll be out next Sunday night. We'll be recorded on that. But again, that's going to wrap it up here from Zach Rausch, Bernie Vandenhuvel, and myself, Drew Skyberg, on this Tuesday afternoon slash evening. Thank you all for listening to another episode of Drew Sports Crew, the journey to a million, the perfect podcast for you.